Hello everybody, it is Pop Swap and we are finally there after a very long wait. Hello. Uh, we're at, um, yes, Carlos is here. Sorry, Carlos, <laughs> I forgot <laughs> to even mention then. Um, Carlos has done all of his homework. Yep. It's been a long overdue project, yep. but it's finally been handed into the teacher. <laughs> I watched four seasons and of Halt and Catch Fire. You did, yes. And uh, like I say, probably never make the mistake of choosing a long spanning series during somebody's house move it's not a good or idea. conversely i won't move apartment while watching four seasons of a television <laughs> show <laughs> yes <laughs> that's true <laughs> so yeah we're finally here holton catch fire has been watched and we're just gonna have a little bit of a, a roundup about the show and what carlos thought about the whole experience so i just thought i'd start off things by doing a little bit of a a quick summary here about the bit show a little recap. bit. Um, yeah, a bit of a recap of what it's about, the gist of it, and then we can go into our chat if you like. Yep. So for the listeners at home, for those of you who may not have caught up, I think this is obviously the conversation could go a little bit spoilery, but uh, that's a prior warning. But if you've all watched it as well, this is just a bit of a refresher. I on will the show mention, in general. I will mention one particular spoiler, definitely, because okay. yeah, we'll get there. Cool. All right then, warnings. The warnings have been made. Uh, so, Halt and Catch Fire, it tells the fictional story over the 80s and 90s of the development of uh, personal computing and the early days of the internet. And it does that through the personal stories of, you've got four main characters. You have uh, the sort of charismatic, driven Steve Jobs type Joe, who's played by Lee Pace. Mm-hmm. And then who's you very have good. the pro. He's very good. Yeah, they're all great. Uh, you've got programmer whiz kid Cameron, who's played by Mackenzie Davis, and then you have a husband and wife duo uh, who are both computer engineers, uh, Gordon and Donna, played by Scoot McNary and Kerry Bish, um, who again do brilliant Bichet. jobs there. Bichet, sorry. Incorrect pronunciation for me, <laughs> as, as usual. <laughs> and then also worth mentioning, you've got uh, ex-company vice president John Bosworth, who's referred to as Bosworth, who's kind of like a key supporting character in the cast as well. He's pretty essential yeah. to the show. And over the four seasons, each one deals with a different aspect of developing technology. So the first season uh, deals with the rise and fall of the company Cardiff Electric, who are yeah. developing this kind of IBM personal computer clone, which Joe's got ambitions to be like twice the speed and sort of half the price of the competition. It's kind of the development, it's the development of like the first um, portable PC. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's loosely based, I think, on the real life company Compaq. I think that's okay. who Cardiff Electric are kind of meant to be based on there. And then season two, you kind of deal with the online gaming community mm-hmm. and things like email and chat services and things like that. Social media, I would um, argue, the very early media, days. Social media, yeah, definitely. Uh, with Cameron and Donna's startup company called Mutiny. Yep. And they kind of echo uh, real-life companies, I think, uh, like Playnet and QLink, I think I read about online, and also Muse, who would have been the developers of Wolfenstein, yeah. uh, who later kind of, you get... Uh, teams from that forming ID that make Doom and games like that so it's kind of like riffing off that a little bit in that season and then the third one sort of transitions through to the Nets development into the World Wide Web and sort of web hosting services 
And also, I think you get a little bit of Joe venturing into antivirus software technology a little bit as well in that season. And the final season deals with Joe and Gordon running an internet service provider and Mm -hmm. Cameron developing a web web browser for them, sorry. And then you've got Donna, who's like running an incubator, which kind of causes a rival search engine company to be developed between the two of them. Yeah. And... uh, Yeah, so that's a rough summary of the technology that they sort of skip through. And I'm also pretty sure when we have the proper discussion, we'll mention the fact that the show's about a lot more than that, really, rather than just being about the technology, it's about the people living through those milestones, really. To sum up my thoughts on the show, actually, that's a good segue, is that when it doesn't focus on all of those things we just said, I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's my... That's my sum up of the show. When we're not focusing on the tech, I like it. Mm-hmm. When we do focus on the tech, I lose interest. And yeah. uh, that's pretty much pretty much my entire experience with the show. And whenever we... Now, the, the, the complex thing is that we get, get a lot of the character interactions and the character motivations from what's happening in the tech plot. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't necessarily need to really understand what's going on. You just kind of need to know that mm, they're now fucking over them and they are not happy. And how is this going to play between these two people? That's kind of the gist of what you need to know sometimes. Yeah. But I, I will say, though, if you want to just let's just jump into the discussion about it and my thoughts in general, whatever, because mm-hmm. um, I'm intrigued to know what you think as well. OK, but start with season one. Season one took me a very long time to get into it, but mm-hmm. because it was quite simplistic in what we were talking about, you know, computer, personal computer, portable computer, speed, sleekness, all these things that they're looking for, you know, pushing things forward like, um, oh, we have these big bulky shit. This is the way forward. This is the... This, we're going to change the world with this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting, you know, but it took me a long time to get into it. Um, but by the last couple of episodes of season one, you're invested kind of in the characters more so than what they're trying to achieve. But I will say that I didn't necessarily like anyone in season one, um, mm-hmm. except for maybe Donna, who is the wife of Gordon. They're the, the kind of partner. And we kind of learn that they had tried to make big headway in this industry before and failed. And that's where retrospectively, I kind of got a sense of what the entire show is about. And the entire show is about the almost like the smaller players in this big movement, this big online movement of humanity, basically, of getting the world online. Yeah. These small players and how they deal with failure. If they want Mm -hmm. to be the next... uh, Steve Jobs, if they want to be the next Steve Wozniak, how much shit do these people have to go through to either get there or not even get there, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was the most interesting part of the show to me. Um, Season two kind of lost my interest a bit, but it picked up when I realized that it was in a way the first invention of social media when they were doing the online boards with gaming and stuff like that. Yeah. That's when it became a little more interesting because there was a lot of philosophical debates between Cameron, who was the young whiz kid played by Mackenzie Davis, and Donna, um, who, by the way, full disclosure, are the best characters in the show. And when the show focuses on them, it's pretty flawless. 
Um, yeah, I completely agree, yeah. And I also like that they focus on them in a tech show with, like, you expect it to be big balls, Steve Jobs types, just a room of dudes going, yeah, we're going to change the world because we're men and it's tech and we like this shit. But these mm-hmm. two uh, women are kind of the smartest people in the room all the time. Um, and I like it. I like it. It's cool. But um, when they kind of branch off in season two and develop mutiny and start the online gaming thing, you can see what really matters to Cameron in the sense of what it is she, that she's creating. It's it's more than just writing code for her. It's like art to her, you know? Yeah. And she sees the potential value and humanity of it. And it's cool. That's interesting. So like when I think it's late in season two... They've just like launched one of the new games that they've launched or something or that they've, that they've developed. And a little girl comes up to her and says something like she's having a rough time or uh, this thing has helped me connect with other people or something like that, you know. And just knowing that contextually at the time would have been huge because there was nothing like that in the 80s, you know. And that to me was super interesting about season two. Mm-hmm. But... I will say that you kind of have to, if you're not into tech and you're not into interested in this world, there's a lot of talk and stuff you have to get through to get to those moments um, yeah. of like developer talk. And I don't know what's going on and I lose interest. And then when we revert back to character moments like that, it instantly hooks me back in, you know, mm-hmm. which is cool. And one thing I will say then about season three is that there's a shift in... Joe's character, uh, played by Lee Pace, who is the Steve Jobs type that you expect. You know, he's kind of smarmy. I disliked him for 90% of the show um, until maybe the very end and the very start of season three. But then the very start of season three, he's like left it all behind and he's doing other stuff and he's now, spoiler alert, married. And he seems to have kind of realized how full of shit he was, you know? Yeah. And I really liked that. But you can tell it's niggling in his brain that he needs to go back to change the world, to do what he needs to do, you know, to uh, he needs to be a part of this movement. And then he kind of patronizes his wife when when Gordon and Donna come to to meet him. And you can Mm. see this scumbag is still inside him, you know. And after that, I didn't like him again for the rest of the show even at the end i didn't like him because i never trusted him and that made me disconnect with the show a good bit because we do focus on him a lot yeah um and i was starting to think of like comparisons with something like house of cards right so Mm -hmm. house of cards is quite a politically dense show you may not understand all of the ins and outs of politics that's going on, but there's something in it that hooks you in. And I was trying to figure out what that is because we have essentially what's the same formula here. A topic that I'm not super familiar with and I kind of need somebody to dumb it down for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and sometimes that's Joe because he doesn't necessarily know he's just a sales 
person. Yeah, he, he definitely was. is the outsider out of them all. Like he's exactly. he's he's envious of them all having that yeah. insider knowledge and stuff, isn't he? He he wants yeah. to be that persona, but he's not yeah. deep down. It's it's unfamiliar to him. I think that world that he's in. Exactly. Yeah, and he's yeah. kind of our in. You know, the audience is in a little bit. Like, oh, wouldn't we mm-hmm. love to be a part of this world? Isn't it so sexy? Isn't it so cool? You know, mm-hmm. and and we kind of have that romanticized view of it and he is that kind of person for that but i don't like him so i don't i I don't know what it is with the disconnect but my comparison with house of cards is is weird because we have the exact same formula in that we're looking at at this world through frank underwood's eyes who was a despicable human being like much worse than any of the characters in this show Mm -hmm. but there's something about it that is infinitely more fascinating than joe in this show so i'm not Mm. sure why i felt more uh, connected to house of cards than i did to this show even though it's kind of the same formula shall we say Mm. um but maybe it could be because in house of cards you're involved that little bit more with the break in the fort well when yeah. he looks at the camera and he says, you know, uh, this is what this situation is. There's a little bit of, it's a very clever way of doing exposition when nobody mm-hmm. knows what's going on, you know. Um, and I think that's a strength of, of House of Cards. And maybe that was missing at times for me in this show. But there are very, you know, the strength of the show is that the characters feel very human. They feel super real, you know, even though they're all kind of annoying, especially uh, Cameron. So mm-hmm. annoying. <laughs> She's infuriating. Um, and it feels like you're just you, you little entitled, self-absorbed little, uh, stop it. But so is Joe. And Gordon, who was a wild card in the show, I really liked him actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's the spoiler I'll get to in a sec. But um, I found myself more often than not frustrated with everyone and each episode leaving me a little bit angry and I'm not sure I enjoyed that (laughs) (laughs) because they're all being such assholes, uh, you know, and like work together, please just stop it. Um, But, you know, I guess there'd be no, I guess that's the point. I guess there'd be no like, you know, reason to watch the show if everybody was just getting along and we're all just, oh, it's fine. But the whole show itself to me was about failure and about dealing with all these roadblocks and how much these people keep coming back because they all believe in it you know no matter their skill level or no matter what it is they all believe in this thing they believe in the power of this thing that they're trying to do and even if like between seasons they all leave or do something else or seemingly have growth in a way they all come Mm -hmm. back to where they started because they need to you know and it's it's interesting it really really is so um You've hit the nail on the head there with like the what the that you just stated there about how it's like learning from their mistakes and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what kind of resonates with me as well. I've actually written something down which I'll just try and like <laughs> read out to you now. But I've I admit I've robbed this from a wide article. But there there are a couple of quotes from the show, right. and for me, like these particular quotes just really capture the spirit of like what it was about that series that I enjoyed and yeah, just the balance between the two. The first one is um. Spoiler alert again, when one particular character commits suicide and there's a suicide note that he leaves behind. I'm yep. going to attempt to kind of read a little bit of that now. But uh, 
So the quote from the note is, uh, he says, Beware of false prophets who will sell you a fake future, of bad teachers and corrupt leaders and dirty, dirty corporations, but most of all, beware of each other because everything is about to change. The world is going to crack wide open. The barriers between us will disappear and we're not ready. Yeah. We'll hurt each other in new ways. We'll sell and be sold. We'll expose our most tender selves only to be mocked and destroyed. We'll be so vulnerable and we'll pay the price. Mm-hmm. So you've got that kind of view on technology going on. But then at the same time, sort of like the opposite of that, there's a conversation later that takes place between Gordon and Joe. And I think he's asking him about how much he thinks the world's changed in 10 years between the two of them. And uh, yeah. you end up having Joe says to Gordon, it was never about where we ended up. It was about how I f- how it felt and mm-hmm. I knew how it would feel to build something with you. And to me, that's really the heart of the show. You've got this balance between like this really bleak truth of how technologies fail to create this wonderful world for us all. Yeah. But you've also got this really like optimistic, almost like Buddhist type of outlook about that expression of how like, fulfillment in life comes from the experience of actually living it and yeah. not about the idea of seeking some goal and reaching an outcome at the end accomplishing it and yeah exactly yeah and yeah. that's entirely what i think the show's strength is it's a, to me like you just tapped into there like it's about people learning from their mistakes and restarting their lives and kind of mm-hmm. trying to find some kind of meaning in the the big mess <laughs> that we're all yeah dealt and into. it's never it's never about um, like you said, it's never actually about what they accomplish in the show. You know, mm-hmm. it's about how they deal with all the bullshit, not just the failure, but all the bullshit. And it's like, um, I was weirdly reminded of Only Fools and Horses. So <laughs> when, <laughs> when Del Boy finally becomes a millionaire and they sail, sail off into the sunset and he realizes that when they go back to the flat, the empty flat in... Mm-hmm. you know, in Peckham and it's all empty and he sits there and he's like, uh, you know, I can't remember what he says now, but he says something like the chase, the chase is what was the best part, you know, going, mm-hmm. going down the market and like doing the, the hard graft and all the memories you create along the way is, um, is the part to savor and to enjoy and the thing that keeps you going the accomplishment once it's accomplished yeah. there's like there's 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 no more living involved there's there's no or whatever you know that kind of message mm-hmm. yeah which i both agree with and disagree with to be honest but um mm-hmm. yeah i think that's what the show was about but again sometimes i lost sight of that watching the show because to me say 30 to 40 percent of it I found myself super disinterested because I didn't know what it was yeah. that they were all angry about at that moment in time or all frustrated by. I, I wasn't sure, oh, I know that Donna's uh, pissed off now, but I'm not sure what it was that happened over in Mutiny to piss her off now, <laughs> you know, okay. or what tech issue or something like that. The only bits yeah. I kind of really latched onto was like, oh, Cameron's gone off and done this without talking to Donna. Donna's going to be mad, you know, mm-hmm. the, those moments that are easy to understand, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it felt, it made me feel a little stupid sometimes with some of the tech jargon, but especially as it progressed, 
I got the sense that you didn't have to know those things. It 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 wasn't treating you like you were, you know, the show was telling you you're stupid if you don't understand. It wasn't like that. Yeah. Uh, which, if it was like that, it would have angered me, and I would have stopped watching. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's trying to kind of like um, balance out two different sides of a of a viewership. Like you say, you've mm. got. You've got people that maybe will understand that a lot more. And I'm certainly not one of those people. You know, I don't have a deep, extensive knowledge of it. But maybe like the generation that I grew up in, like I, I'm maybe a little bit more connected to it in that transition between kind of like coming out of an analog age into a digital mm. one and kind of like that being something that interested me and excited me at a very young age, like seeing yeah. that happen. And I'm certain certain like people like a generation above me, you know, kind of like people in their 50s or something like watching this show will have an even deeper connection to it on that level Absolutely. because they were much older like when they were growing through all of those changes that were happening. And if you worked in that industry at the time, yeah. this would be an amazing show for you to watch. Yeah, you know? and definitely. Would, for those people, it'd probably make them cry, it'd probably make them laugh, it'd pro you know, probably mm -hmm. bring back all these memories and really feel like, yeah, it was the chase that was good. And yeah. Who cares if nobody remembers our names? We were part of it, you know. It would uh -huh. really create a sense of community, you know. And I think it's meant to be a history lesson. Lesson, sorry for both. It, like, even though it's fictional, I think, I think it's meant to be mm. like you say for the people who lived through that and those experiences. It's a show that aims to kind of like put that into it's like a drama or something and put it on TV and make sure mm -hmm. that it's, it's somehow it's documented by somebody and there's something left yeah, behind cool. that people kind of see these things and how they're developed. But it's also, I think, for people who weren't part of that, who were like just products of the outcome of those developments, who live in that world right now to kind of like tap into this idea that the key theme of the show being like, you know, it's all about human connection and it's about the things that really matter about the technology, mm -hmm. it's the technology is a distraction from the fact that just us connecting as human beings and needing to be together as human beings is the key thing. And the technology gets in the way of that sometimes. And it's, or yeah. at least it, it needs to, it needs to change itself in a better way to, to it's work way more effectively. Like, and I, and I think yeah. like it's, it's hard to be, it could, you can be alienated watching it because maybe you don't understand some of those technical things. But I also quite respect the show that it doesn't, it tries to, to not condescend either audience, whether it's somebody who's yeah. an expert or it's somebody who knows nothing. It's like, totally. it depicts people from that world in a way that you don't typically see in TV or film. Like they're always depicted as like either these super unknowable kind of like nerd like gods like your social yeah. network kind of thing where they've got these mastermind brains and they're taught really quickly and you don't really relate to them they're these alien sort of figures yeah or they're like the kind of like your your cool slick hacker type from hackers or something like your johnny lee miller kind of a ridiculous yeah. like completely absurd version of like what yeah. the reality is and I, it's romanticized and, though, and it glamorized. does yeah it, definitely yeah. and even though the show does that it, it's a sexy version of that world and those actors that play them are all quite good looking and i'm sure people who like understand the tech side of it inside out might watch certain scenes and roll their eyes and be like well that isn't accurate but yeah. it, you know it's got it's got to find a balance between the two audiences and make that work and i just thought it was quite a refreshing depiction of that world and those types of characters um what i liked about typically see like sorry what i liked about joe actually the one kind of element that i liked about joe is that he really tries to be sexy you know he's mm -hmm. he's trying so hard to be that character from the social network or from steve jobs you know steve jobs is yeah. the one 
comparison I can think of. And that film they made of Steve Jobs with, with Fazbender, I kind of had a similar mm-hmm. reaction. Um, I enjoyed this show more than I enjoyed that film because that film I felt completely kind of alienated. I didn't care about Steve Jobs um, and I, I felt kind of disconnected from that film. But this one, while I sometimes felt disconnected from it, it always brought me back in with a moment where you can see that Joe is just trying to be like that and he's not actually like that. He but, isn't the actual thing, yeah. But in the process of trying to be that, he kind of becomes that dick, you know? Um, yeah. And he's trying so hard to be a dick that mm-hmm. it tired me after a while. And I like the, I, I really like the ending for him. I like the ending that he's just, he just goes off and he becomes a teacher or something at the end. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Better. <laughs> you see, make my, better life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> my interpretation of that ending is like it kind of like it triggered something in my brain, which is like it's it's a bit of a, an out there concept, but um, I'm I'm sure it's probably no grounded no grounding in truth with the actual showrunners. They didn't intend it, but mm. I've got this kind of loose theory in my head that at least when I watched it all, and I think it's because I binged throughout the whole lot all in one go. When I got yeah. to that ending with Joe, I kind of felt like Joe was almost like this symbolic kind of figure, this metaphor for technology itself. Like, like Joe isn't really meant to be a real person. Joe isn't like a real living, breathing character from that history, like that world. It's yeah. how people respond to Joe. Like, Joe is the technology, and mm-hmm. his interaction with the other characters is about how they interact with what they want technology to be for them and what they want from it. So initially when it starts, it's very sexy and it's appealing yeah. and like Cameron just like lusts after it and like like um, Gordon's slightly threatened by it and Donna's, you know what I mean? Like everybody yeah, has their different cool, reactions to Joe. Yeah. And then as Joe progresses throughout each season, the way they interact with him and the way he interacts with them starts to adjust until like at the end when I when I see Joe sat there as a teacher and that he's got this younger generation who are just sat listening to him it's almost like we've gone through the stages of where like technology was this unknowable kind of like sexy thing Hmm. that we all kind of like thought was amazing and going to change the world for us and we went through all the realities of the ups and downs of that and when we've come to this place that we're at now it's like the technology is there and like the generation that are with the technology they've grown up with it joe is their teacher joe, they've grown up with joe from day one yeah and technology is part of their lives and it's about they have to communicate with joe and they have to work with the technology to create the future that they want at the end. To me, that was like the message of the show at the end. It's like, there's still hope in it. There's an optimism there. It's Mm. like the technology hasn't lost. It's still there, but it needs to be this thing that you work with to achieve what you want from it. And like, that's how I kind of like, that's how I kind of like, I saw that relationship between the way the characters behave with Joe and why Joe becomes this kind of like slightly Mm. sort of humbled sort of, teacher figure at the end from where he started off which was like like you say this quite unlikable flashy mm-hmm. character throughout the whole s- series and to me that kind of like explains a little bit as well why there's that kind of disconnect with joe that he doesn't feel like a fully formed person yeah he's like a metaphor almost to me than he is a person there's also a lot of mystery about his past and stuff that is mm-hmm. sort of glossed over throughout the show because he's kind of the, just this thinly veiled entity <laughs> yeah in a yeah. way you know um but it was interesting as well and um the 
character I really liked was Donna. Donna, I think, felt like both the most the 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 most capable of the all the people, both mm-hmm. um, in her intellect and in her emotional capability of separating herself from things and being the most human. Um, so in a way, like she had the smarts of Cameron with tech, you know, like she's totally capable of coming up with amazing ideas, but she was also the most emotionally well-balanced person, which is why yeah. I kept enjoying watching her scenes because everyone else was kind of frustrating me a little bit. Um, and the one thing I wanted to mention was Gordon's character. I like all the hints that there's like, you know, he's got this disease or whatever. And it's, is it his obsession with this stuff that is actually driving him crazy? And I found, spoiler alert for the next 10 seconds, one, two, three. I found his death kind of just came out of nowhere because we we were getting hints of something's wrong with him throughout the show nothing was ever really kind of happening and then mm-hmm. i felt i the way it came off to me was that he kind of just died <laughs> then and right. it, it was like okay but what was the thing that he had i don't remember the name um it it didn't of course this is a very small gripe with the show but it it didn't feel like his death really did anything for me i've I, like you know people people die that's life and in the show it's not like i needed a reason or a poetic thing or justification for him to die Mm. the character died you know people die (laughs) um but it felt like more something that everybody else had to deal with rather than a yeah a a death you know i think it's for how the other characters have to kind of like have that in their lives then after the episodes after and how that kind of impacts them Mm-hmm. And also like this set, just I think I think again it taps into that theme with like the just the sense of loss in the show, like that generally like yeah. that lo- losing something you were trying to achieve, like lo- losing a person there. I think his death is kind of like used in that way, like say so doesn't. Um, I, I love I love the scene so from much earlier on. And I can't remember there's certain like episodes of that show because it's been a good while since I watched it that I can't remember. But yeah. one episode that really sticks out to me is when he's lost uh, when he can't find his car. And the fact oh, yeah. that they spend so much time in that in that multi-story car park with him, like wandering around, I absolutely love that scene. I think that scene's so good. Like it's the kind of scene that maybe lasts a couple, of, like a minute or so, and then just move on to the next scene in another show. But the fact that it spends so much time hmm. in that moment with his character, you just really feel like for him in that moment, and like just that confusion and that that sense of panic, like setting in. I think it's a really brilliantly done scene. That was a those. nice uh, metaphor, a metaphorical scene. All right, with the the multi-story car park, like just lost yeah. in this web of <laughs> yeah, like, definitely all these wires and cables and machinery and just mm-hmm. all in one big box, and I'm just lost. I'm just driving me crazy. Yeah, I did actually like that that yeah. touch. But um, but, uh, but I get what you mean. Yeah, that when yeah. it comes along, it's like, oh, okay, this has happened. Well. Yeah, um, it does surprise you. Yeah, it felt slightly, yeah. you know, the way if you and it wasn't this at all, but you know, in some shows when a character dies off screen and we're supposed to just accept it, even though they were a major character, mm-hmm. it it felt it a felt little a bit, bit like that too, a little yeah. bit like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, other than that, like I don't know, it's it's a show that definitely makes you think. 
I wouldn't say that overall I enjoyed it, but it yeah. gave me something, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think it's worth a watch to see if, you know, what kind of messages you see hidden in it. Like what you said about Joe there, I didn't think of it that way. And that's really cool because I I really struggled with that character. I didn't like him at all. And every time we moved yeah. away from him to focus on Cameron and Donna, they were what pulled me into the show. Um, yeah. And that's the, that's what was the interesting story to me because I'd never mm-hmm. seen them before. I'd never seen a, a movie or a TV show or any form of media really focus on a female coder genius and a female savvy businesswoman in the tech sector in the very early days. I've never seen that before. That's the story Mm -hmm. that I was interested in most. Um, And it kept me going throughout the whole show. So just for those two characters alone, I would absolutely recommend the show. Yeah, and I do know there's a I do know there's a bit of a difference between us two as well. I, I think when I when I did when I did choose this show, I was I was curious because I know that possibly uh, this is an assumption I'm making, but just from mm. conversations we've had in the past, that you prefer to spend your time in a story with characters you want to spend time with that you that you like, or, or you can find yes. a way into something that you like. Whereas I actually sometimes quite like spending my time in characters that I just do not like at all that I don't yeah. want to spend time with that I would be repulsed by if I met in the real world like there's something appealing about um about just being able to the kind exploration of, like, allow, of that. yeah let drama kind of like tap yeah. you into some of those minds that you're curious about and you just think like like mm-hmm. Joe like you say is is not somebody who I would particularly like to have as a friend or in my life or know in your family not. or whatever um yeah. But I find something fascinating about watching his character play out and just watching people behave in that way. And I, th- I think it's similar with you when you mentioned uh, your experience of Breaking Bad, which I, is a show I would have watched from the very start when it came on television and stuck with for the, throughout the years before it kind of became the uh, the huge Netflix binge uh, success. But yeah. uh, again, with that show, like just just really loving spending time with these characters that you you know like deep down Walter White is not a particularly likable human being that makes like terrible mistakes he's probably he's doing things for the right reason deep down but even then he makes despicable decisions he's horrible to be around and he's but a murderer like, yeah it's to a, yeah. an extreme as well yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. I've heard Vince Gilligan like mentioned before about him that he actually intends that to be he's almost like Gollum by the end of uh, yeah. of that show, and that's deep. That's deeply intentional from him. So even he admits, as like the creator of that character, that that's that's the journey that character's going on throughout that series. And I think the thing I don't know why Breaking, that appeals to me. Sorry, I think the thing with Breaking Bad though, like, is that the character starts off just like us mm-hmm. and kind of snaps, and that's the interesting thing of like society has been telling this guy to live a certain way for so long that he just snaps and says, "Fuck it." And it's kind of entertaining because it's like a, it's a bit of fantasy played out on screen that, well, what would we do, you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, like I mentioned House of Cards earlier, it, that character is despicable from the very beginning right to the very end. But I don't know what it is that draws me into that show because I kept thinking about it watching this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really like these characters, but and generally I would need at least one character to pull me into this world and latch on to if I'm going to spend a lot of time, especially if it's a TV show. 
Um, mm-hmm. If it's a movie, two hours, doesn't matter. But I don't know what it was about House of Cards. And maybe it's because it's to an extreme and it's his position, like the president of the United States. It's kind of fascinating. And it's more of a look on America and capitalism and, you know, the stuff that you, you might disagree with um, and all the hypocrisy that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um with with their political system and all that kind of stuff it's more of the extremes i think that pull me into that whereas with this one i didn't have those extremes of situations with joe it was just kind of a dude working who's a dick (laughs) and i was like i don't like you (laughs) um but yeah I, i don't know but that's interesting though like how you watch or what how you watch shows and what it is that pulls you into a show so you like the experience of spending time with someone you wouldn't spend time with in the real world (laughs) yeah yeah but to me to jump into a fiction fantasy world i need at least one person that i probably would hang out with in real life you know Mm -hmm. um but it's funny that's it's curious yeah i think people get different things from it don't they definitely Oh, another thing I thought might be of interest to you mm-hmm. is uh, the showrunners of of Halt and Catch Fire. So they're two guys. You had Christopher Cantwell and mm-hmm. Christopher C. Rogers. I both think do a brilliant job of uh, the writing on that show. And you might be interested to know that Christopher Cantwell has also written for comics. And he did cool. work on Doctor Doom, Iron Man and Captain America. And he's got his own comic hero out at the moment called The Blue Flame. Cool. Which he's he's written for what? And he's also. I'm not sure what particular company it is for. Sorry, I just had a quick look earlier before this podcast on Wikipedia about his career, and uh, it just mentioned those comics. But it did also mention that he's been chosen as the co-showrunner for the TV adaptation of Paper Girls. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, so I thought you'd uh, I thought you'd like that that we've gone kind of like with bizarrely full circle there, the complete accident. Excellent. With our, our other choices. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Right. You're I know this guy. Now, yeah? I've actually read mm-hmm. his Doctor Doom comic cuz that was coming out uh, just okay, before then. just before the pandemic. It was a little mm-hmm. mini series on Doctor Doom and it's really good cuz Doctor Doom was a great character. But anyway, that's yeah. that's for another time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's really, really cool. Paper Girls, because I knew that show was going to be made, but I thought it's been like stuck in development hell for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to know they have a show running now because that must mean it's 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 actually moving. It's moving forward. That's cool. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, I'm not sure how, how recent some of that information on the Wikipedia page is, but I assume that... Uh... Hmm. He must still be in the in the running for it to be one of the co-runners on there if it's still written up. Well, online. I mean, if it's if it's in any way as well written as both Brian K. Vaughan's comic and as Halt and Catch Fire, that TV show could be really, really good. Um, yeah, that could be a lot of there could be a lot of substance and meat to chew on in that show because Paper Girls is what Stranger Things should have been for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because Stranger Things was very, very close to being top quality stuff, and I think it just got very, very repetitive. Yeah, they didn't really know where they wanted to go with it. But Paper Girls has a very definitive ending, the book, or the books, mm-hmm. and you could do, you could stretch the show out because there's a lot of stuff to play with in it. The book is actually kind of rushed, even though it's like three books. 
um, the series feels a little rushed so you could do a lot with that get a few seasons out of it maybe four or five seasons and have that definitive ending that they have in the in the series but yeah that's really cool to know yeah that's good thought you'd enjoy that <laughs> um, yeah I'm definitely going to check out Paper Girls at some stage as well that's definitely been on my reading list for a while now so yeah it's a good book great book cool so we did it mm. We got did there. it. We got to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did it. It was a, it was a, I tell you, it was a fierce struggle watching the show because um, I st- like started it obviously just before moving. We moved. The new internet was a help actually. So the internet in the new apartment is better than the old apartment. So streaming yeah. it was better. But <laughs> the lack of availability on streaming services made it a bit of a inconvenient watch in the evenings. Yeah. But, Got I know. There, I know yeah. you've had to watch it in a very sort of staggered manner as well, which is. I'm curious because obviously the way that you watch something deeply affects your experience of it as 100%. well. Like the actual, the actual, ex, the experience of like a binging through an entire TV series, like I did at the time when I watched all of this. In yeah. comparison to kind of like checking out a, an episode here or there when you can fit it in, like at the end of a week or whatever, um, mm. is an entirely different experience. So. Uh, it, that intrigues yeah. me with dramas and stuff because that's something obviously beyond the creator's control. That's something they have no willpower over, really. Um, I think watching something on a big screen is entirely different to watching something on a laptop. And especially mm-hmm. if you have to watch something on a laptop when you've spent all day working from home on a laptop <laughs> and then yeah. what, it's it affects how you watch stuff. So if it ever comes back to Amazon Prime, I'll probably, we'll probably re- re-watch it because I wasn't watching it with my girlfriend. So we'll probably re-watch it and see how the reaction is then if you're sitting comfortably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, yeah. yeah. And I hope I hope everybody who uh, decided to participate in the activity of checking it out also, however all, you chose to watch it, I hope you will. <laughs> all five of you, yeah. <laughs> if you all enjoyed it, if you managed to locate it from somewhere. But um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, next week, it'll just be another roundup, I guess, of yeah. whatever we've been checking out during that week for yeah. you all. I guess next week we'll have another episode of Invincible, I assume, and um, mm-hmm. still slowly making my way through that comic series. It's slowing a bit for me. Um, I'm, yeah. al- I'm also reading a lot of other things right now. I'm about to start another comic series called skyward which looks really cool um mm-hmm. something about an event where uh gravity and on the earth like plummets um to like really low levels so everybody kind of floats around and it seems oh, okay. seems like a cool concept so i'm excited to read that and it's also a writer i've never read before so mm-hmm. but what else i also watched uh downloaded apple tv i was telling you so i watched a couple of things on there that i want to talk to you about and i also yeah. went to watch um we've already talked about soulmates on on prime but we also watched that based on your yeah. uh, your recommendation so yeah we can yeah. do a couple of things like that next week now cool i started watching the new episodes of line of duty which is back again with another cool another series um, which I'm enjoying. I don't know. Maybe I could go into that a little bit, but it's uh, it, for me. That's a show that's always kind of slowly declined since its third season. But I still, right. it still keeps me guessing, and it still, it still surprises me now and again, and keeps me hooked and keeps me watching, yeah. despite all the uh, the kind of like the it's 
it's developed its own tropes now at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, re- repeated lines of dialogue and stuff like that, which I find quite entertaining. But uh, yeah. yeah, just enjoying it. Cool. So, um, I mean, we've taken up the whole show talking about Hold and Catch Fire, so I think we should wrap it up there, Dino. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks again. Uh, all the week. usuals. Please share. Do your homework. Please. Like and subscribe and share and yes. all that. <laughs> Tell everybody about the show, please, please. Yes. Share it on all the interwebs, please. Thanks. Cheers. See ya. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I just fade music in there with a a really enthusiastic bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Have fun. (laughs) See ya. Catch you later.